Hey, Senda. Hey, Phil. Now that we got some definitions out of the way, do you want to talk about mini campaigns? Yeah, I really do. <laughs> that Cue was music. the plan. <laughs> And welcome to another fine episode of Pandas Talking Games. I am your host who runs a bunch of story-based mini campaigns, Phil. And I am your other host, Senda, who runs mostly character-based mini campaigns, like, and plays consistently. This is just what I do, character-based play stuff. Anyway, yes. So, as you may have guessed, based on both last week and our introduction, um, we're going to finish out the topic that prompted last week's um, discussion about story-based versus character-based campaigns. Um, Joe Peralta said, uh, Phil and Zenda, you teased us with this episode last episode. Uh, so now I think an episode on running shorter campaigns is in order. Yes, it is. Here we I, are. I don't know what last do episode it was, but I like that. Um, I like that it also applies to last episode. Oh, was it not specifically about no, our last episode? We've had it sitting. It's been sitting in the queue for weeks. How funny is that? I don't remember what episode it, <laughs> it was, actually referenced. All right, little sidebar here. It had been <laughs> sitting in queue for weeks. I pulled it out last week for us to start working on it, right. but then in our discussion we wound up coming up with a additional show topic, um, which is very rare for us, but it was necessary so we could describe the two types of play. And then I was like, cool, now we can return to this one. So Joe, I don't remember which episode you were listening to when we (laughs) teased this. I'm sorry if you had to wait a while, but also we're here. We're here now. We got here. And it prompted a whole other discussion because when Phil was going over the original notes for what would have been this episode last week, I said to him, that doesn't match up with my lived experience. <laughs> which then it made just, perfect sense. It just didn't match my lived experience, right? Which also made perfect sense, which just meant that um, we were definitely talking about two different things. We just yep. needed to define what those two so things were. We had to go create some more specific definitions about our two ways that we tend to drive plot. And then now we can have this discussion from those two perspectives, which is something that we are known for doing. We are known for it <laughs> indeed. Cool. All right. So um, after last week, I feel like we're in a much better place to discuss this. Not that we couldn't have last week, but last week we would have been talking about this basically in the context of story-based uh campaigns and now we're going to do a much better job because we're going to cover both today story and character based yes which is going to make a lot more sense to me (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. cool i'm probably some of the other folks out there too because it's just you know it it just we don't necessarily think about how we're driving our plots but um there's many ways to do it right yeah and i think actually what'll be better is no matter which way you're running this episode now has advice for you yeah it is better Anyway, um, why don't you start us off with some definitions that we didn't do last week? (laughs) Yeah, that's fine. Um, So let's talk about a definition for campaign. Mm -hmm. Um, And I used to have an older definition for campaign that was story-based. So I'm actually going to, I've actually changed this definition a little um, to reflect both styles of play. Cool. 
A campaign is a set of linked sessions mm-hmm. where there is continuity of story, setting, and NPCs across the sessions. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, it used to be the old definition said linked stories. And that is true for story-based play, but it wasn't true for character-based play. This definition of linked sessions um, accommodates both. Yeah, I mean, we could have we could have thought about linked stories because each of the individual character stories would be linked, so it could still kind of work. But y- this is, I think, clearer for our purposes. I think it's a lot clearer, especially yeah. if you go back and listen to last week's episode. Okay, so we now need to define a mini campaign versus a campaign. Okay, listen, there is no real. Um, definition for this i am making an arbitrary decision here you will or will you will either agree or disagree either is valid here i am going to tell you personal experience that a mini campaign is a small number of sessions i think that is anywhere between three and eight if you are less than three like one or two i feel like you are just playing a one shot that went long like if you're playing i mean you can play it too you can intentionally go into something like this is going to be two sessions right like yeah yeah so that to me is still like a one shot um Mm -hmm. i feel like if you're going to do a mini campaign um i feel like three to eight is a pretty good range anything above eight you're kind of like into like a real campaign i'm going to tell you hilariously every example that you did at the end of these notes says nine sessions and that was the thing I just realized as we Well, then I'll definition. say three to nine. Three to nine <laughs> sessions. How about that? I, I told you it was arbitrary. <laughs> it's completely arbitrary. Do you know why it, uh, do you know why it's nine in the later in the notes? Why? Because then you have three, three, and three? Because I use because I use two thirds. Yeah, yeah. Which yeah. is hard to do with eight. Correct. Yeah. So yeah. I was like, nope, I don't want to do two thirds with eight. I'll just do nine. Yes, it's a mini really campaign. Funny. I'm going to redefine. I'm doing it right now. Hang on. A mini campaign (laughs) is going to be a small number of sessions, somewhere between three and nine sessions. Above nine sessions, I feel like you're heading into a full campaign. So, it hilariously, told you it was arbitrary. I know, I know. I'm just going to say this really quickly. Hilariously, right before we started recording, you remember when I had that moment with like where I was like, there was something I was about to tell you. What was it? I remembered it as soon as you hit that description was, I was it like, that hey, it was that it was that it's awesome it's awesome <laughs> anyway moving right along that i think i made my point campaign description. <laughs> i think you made the point yeah yep okay. yep so with mini campaigns there are two key things to remember pause you the right first there. one yes with campaigns both with of campaigns. these apply both of That's these apply fair. to campaigns Right. I was like on the mini campaign train because we're talking about mini campaigns this episode. No, no, but this good, is true good. of campaigns in general, right? Exactly. Good. Okay. Two key things that define this is a campaign, right? It has multiple sessions. I mean, that it seems really obvious, right? But a campaign occurs for multiple sessions over some amount of time, right? Mm-hmm. You meet multiple times to make this happen. Yep. Um, and the second one is continuity. Things that are um, that happen in one session carry over into other sessions. Um, you know whether that's events affecting future events, NPCs still existing or having changing views or evolving personalities, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. You know you're in the same place and you're watching the you know place is now different because things happened. Whatever it is, right? Um, and that is true whether you are playing. And this is why we changed the name last. <laughs> So right, that's true whether you are playing serial or episodic 
types of games. And um, just to back up quickly on those, Phil, do you want to give us quick serial versus episodic definition? Yeah, these these come out of the these terms are fairly old, pretty established. They come out of the idea from like TV shows, right? An episodic TV show is like where everything in a given um, session slash story wraps up. Um, and mm-hmm. each one is its kind of own little entity. Think like um, episodes of Star Trek Next Generation, mm-hmm. right? We have an episode of Star Trek Next Generation. And then next week, we are somewhere else in a different, you know, we're in a different part of the quadrant. We're doing different things. And when that one's done, it closes up. And occasionally we have ones that have like a part one, part two. But for the most part, um, for the most part, when one episode is done, it's kind of self-contained. That's episodic. Serial, I want you to think about the the latter half of Deep Space Nine episodes, where things that just happen, even though each episode is kind of... it. I, actually, I'll say this. For true serial, season seven of the last season of DS9 is basically just one serial story. Um, yes. Even though things keep happening in different episodes when you watch it, they all just string together. And even yeah. more so when you get to the second half of that season where they aren't even discernible episodes anymore. They're just like the it's lead into the, the ending. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that that was where we hit the like with TNG. We were like, well, we'll watch this episode and then we'll watch this episode and like hit the end of DS9. I was like, no, we're just watching every episode because you can't you can't jump around like that. You can't skip things you won't understand what's going on because exactly. you missed important mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah, cool. Okay. Um, awesome. And then let's review one more definition set before we actually jump into the actual conversation. I'm going to throw this back to you, but if you just listened to last week's episode or if you recently listened to last week's episode, none of this is going to come as a surprise for you. The last two definitions that we need before we can start are story-based play and character-based play. Yeah. Story-based play is a type of game, a campaign, where the focus is on stories. The characters are a group that move through individual stories, and in a campaign style, um, you move through one story, then the next story, then the next story, the next story, right? Story A to B to C to D, right? Um, and you kind of, the focus of the game is like the characters doing it. This is like mission-based play, this is site-based play, like dungeons and things like that. Character-based play is a different style of play where each character has their own plot line and each session we're just kind of visiting the characters and incrementally moving their plot lines forward. Their plot lines go through their own arcs over many, many sessions. Um, And when they have a climax, a new arc, like a new plot line starts for that character, that kind of thing. Think games like Amber Diceless, Cartel, Monster um, Hearts. <laughs> Monster Hearts, exactly. Like those kinds of games. Go back and listen to our previous episode if you want a real deep dive um, into those two things. But understand that each one has a slightly different focus and that that's going to be the whole crux of what we're talking about today. Indeed. So obviously both types of play support campaigns um, that just a little bit differently, right? They both have a session zero, they have a beginning, they have an end, obviously, or I guess where mm-hmm. everybody gets bored and leaves, but that's an unfortunate way for a campaign to end. Um, it's what they do during an actual session that looks a little bit different, right? So yep. we're going to look at mini campaigns, both um, using story-based campaign style and using character-based campaign Mm -hmm. style. Exactly. 
Uh, we're going to talk about how they're structured. We're going to give some tips on how to run them well. Yeah. And just so that we're clear, for the purposes of this discussion, as last week was, um, we're kind of talking about the, the pure forms of these. Like, obviously, very frequently, many of us um, are mushing these two styles together and to various degrees, etc. We're kind of talking for the purposes of definition and giving tips, we're, we're keeping them very separate and pretty strictly like one or the other. Um, your game may obviously not adhere strictly to one or the other of these. So, you know, take all the parts that are useful to you and just know that um, there's a spectrum. And for the purposes of our definitions for this episode, we're ignoring the spectrum and just saying it's either one or the other. <laughs> yeah, and the purpose being, um, one, it's simpler to discuss them that way. And two, um, once you understand the two pure forms, um, mm -hmm. you'll understand what tips work when you mix them. Exactly. You can just take the parts from each that work the best for your style of blending these two pieces mm -hmm. together. Right? Exactly. And we talked oh. a little bit about that last week yes. as well. We did. We did. We d I just wanted to mention it again um, as we got into these definitions, because once again, we're kind of talking the pure forms. Um, Phil, do you want to start us off with the story-based mini campaigns? I do. I also, just as an aside, I just looked out my window and... Um, You're not facing your mic, but what's going on? Damn. It's like snowing fierce again. Yeah. <laughs> You were not wrong when you got that weather alert for me. Like, yeah, I did like, get a. Everything just got dark. I have no lights on in my, in my house because I had all the blinds open. Sorry. Yeah. But it got like super dark and I just looked out the window and I'm like, holy shit. All right. Anyway. <laughs> Sorry. Anyway, that's okay. Story based mini campaigns. You know okay. how I used to edit this show so I'd put all that kind of stuff at the end? You're welcome. Just, I don't anymore. <laughs> just get a little tidbit of that right there. Sorry. Lost my focus. <laughs> Happens. Okay, um, story-based mini campaigns, right? These are going to be made up of several stories over a number of sessions that are going to form a single story arc, right? The story arc is the bigger story of what's going on. Um, if we look at it from a kind of a fractal point of view, our arc, which is going to take several stories, several sessions to get through, has a beginning, middle, and an end. In its simplest form, it is like some free tog pyramid that the arc follows, right? With, mm -hmm. you know, rising action, climax, denouement, you know, the whole routine. You know how much I love free tog's pyramid. I do. I did I, not I remember... know. I did not know in eighth grade when I learned this <laughs> how much I would rely on free tog's pyramid to explain story <laughs> structure going forward. All right. Now, Inside our arcs free tog pyramid, um, we have multiple stories that are that we're playing out. Each story itself has a beginning, middle, and end, its own little tiny free tog pyramid that is comprising the arcs larger components, right? So we may have a story that is our inciting incident, a story that is part of our rising action, a story that is our climax, a story that is our denouement. Okay. Layered on top of that, we have some number of sessions it takes to get through all said all of these said stories to complete the arc. Ideally, that is one to one, one session, one story. But in truth, or as you get older, that's probably not the case. Maybe it's like one to two sessions per story kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Okay. Meaning that, you know, even if you have four stories that make up your 
um, arc. Maybe it takes you um, nine or so <laughs> sessions to get through it. Yeah, I thought you were going to say eight for a second there, but you I'm caught on yourself. <laughs> I'm on it. Okay. Um, you can have some character plot lines um, in your little mini campaign, but honestly, they should be minor and whatever it is should be able to be accomplished through all of the ongoing stories. You don't have a lot of like, you don't have unlimited episode. Uh, you don't have unlimited sessions here. So you can't just have a player going off doing a, um, a one shot, um, a one shot side quest in previous last week's misdirected Mark episode to, yep. to go cover their, like to advance their plot line, right? You don't have that kind of time. But if a character wants to like, say, be reunited with their um, long lost uncle, um, figure out how to get the uncle into your stories so that they can have that resolution, but they didn't have to wander off into a separate story. Yeah. Okay. Um, Keep the plot of the arc simple. Single objective clear single objective every player should know what they're they're setting out to do in the nine sessions or less (laughs) that you have here um if you need to have a twist one twist is good multiple twists you you will be um two there aren't enough sessions to have that many twists and no red herrings first of all no red herrings period I can have yeah. a whole episode on why you shouldn't have red herrings. Uh, we have before. We've right. talked about mysteries. Y- you may know that we are not a big fan of red herrings in, in RPGs. In RPGs, absolutely not. One mm-hmm. twist, no red herrings. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, you have a limited number of sessions. So your pace to get through these stories needs to be steady. Um, your velocity, your story velocity needs to be pretty good. doesn't need to be breakneck, but um, you can't talk to every NPC in every town. Yeah. You, you have to maintain some Pace. sort of movement through the plot. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Avoid side quests. If you wind up with a few more sessions than you have story, side quest is nice, but I wouldn't plan on a side quest. Like yeah. throw a side quest in if you need, like say you know you're going nine sessions and on session seven you are um, too close yeah. to the climax. You want to, you want to, hold back the climax a little i'm sorry do you want to you want to i really don't i'm just going to keep going okay yeah yeah yeah. exactly right (laughs) you might you might then want to have a side quest to you know slow down the climax oh switch it up switch it up (laughs) is what i'm saying okay um in your budget of sessions leave at least one session for denouement go back to our denouement episode if you want the reasons why denouement is the cuddling of all camp of all of all storyline of story structure uh leave some room for the denouement it is also a great place for wrapping up personal plot lines if you had personal plot lines in the game and they haven't completely been worked out um, the denouement is a perfect place because the climax of the main story arc is completed and now you have this like at least a session left to kind of fill out this is a great time to kind of like then switch like talk about the aftermath of the main storyline but also to kind of wrap up those individual um, plot lines 
Yeah, and handily, I was just looking this up this morning. Denouement, our denouement episode is episode 75. No. Yes. <laughs> Never mind, folks. I mean, go listen to it if you can. And it's fine. But you know but what? There's going to be a denouement episode coming up. <laughs> denouement redux. Because, um, yes, we, like, that's old. <laughs> no, no. A new denouement episode is coming. Good. Okay. Better I just, cuddling I thought it tips. Was... <laughs> Better cuddling tips is coming. All right. That was that that's my overview for story-based mini campaigns. Would you like to um would you like to take character-based mini campaigns? I would love to because this this has turned out to be my style of play, both in terms of what I run and in terms of what I play regularly. In fact, what I regularly play consistently and in am in the middle of are mini campaigns uh, that are character driven, right? Like that's just what we do. Um, they just last us forever because we only play twice a month. So eight, eight episodes, eight sessions, sorry, of a campaign for me is four months of actual real people time. <laughs> if everybody shows up to all of those sessions. So that's why like we're really playing mini campaigns. It just doesn't feel like it because we do them really slowly. Um, so the first thing with a character-based mini campaign is to start with an idea of how many sessions you want to play. So you could say, like, I want to play this for three to four sessions. You could say, I want to play this for seven to nine sessions, whatever it is. Um, you may be walking in with an idea of how long you want that to be. You may also, um, what we frequently do is um, our... Um, our campaigns end up being mini campaigns because we like to play them... Um, hard and fast so that we can play another game because we tend to like playing lots of games. So you may also have people who just like launch themselves into the drama so hard that things are going to come to a boil in that kind of time range. And so that and that's like a knowing your group thing, right? So like, I know that whatever we're playing is probably going to be a mini campaign. Um, however many sessions I think it's going to be right. I always assume it's going to be about eight or nine. Um, as the case may be. Um, so then you can build the mini campaign. Um, and this is actually, I think, pretty important around some sort of upcoming event. Um, and that might be, it could be a party. In my current game right now, it's a play that we're putting on, right? Like we have to all get ready for this play. It might be the arrival of a very important person. If you are playing something like Damn the Man Save the Music and you want to play it for three sessions, you know, whatever it is. Um, something that is a thing that will bring all of the characters together, right? That they're all tied into. And this is going to be the event that is going to probably be the backdrop of your climax, right? Because that's the thing that everybody's working towards um, from a collaborative perspective. And it should probably occur about two thirds of the way through your number of sessions. This is why nine <laughs> instead of eight. <laughs> because math. Because um, math. Because math. Um, and uh, and this is going to be, like I said, the thing that um, all of the characters are actually involved in, right? And sometimes going into this, you know that as a character, right? Like, we all know that we're working on this play. Sometimes as characters, um, so like for our, um, 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 oh no, Tales from the Loops game. There we go. Um, we didn't actually know what the event was that was coming but we knew that there was a problem and we all got gathered together and then we were like oh no a problem 
right? Um, that we started working towards. So you may know in advance or you may be able to work it in like as you get there, right? But somehow they're all, all these characters are attached to this event, whether it's your grade in your theater class or it's like your commitment to your acting career, whatever it is, like for example, this play, it's a big deal. It's kind of a big deal. We got to make it happen. If we don't make it happen, then the theater department for our tiny little community college that we are all attending is going to die because they're going to cancel funding for it um, for the one professor. <laughs> um, so we have we all have that in common. Um, so the idea with getting this to be character driven, the key thing that you have to make sure happens is that in session zero, each of the players needs to understand what their like overall their big personal goal is to accomplish during the mini campaign, right? Um, excuse me. Um, and then you have to, um, as a player, then also understand how that relates to the event that is going to happen, right? Um, how does your need tie into the thing? You know, do you have to get a passing grade um, in this theater class to graduate? You know, whatever it is. Um, and then in the first two thirds of the sessions, before you get to the thing, you can let all the players just kind of work towards their goals and then basically pull on the strings to raise tensions and steer them towards whatever that event is, right? And you can use the event and their their reasons for connection to the event to pull on those strings. And you can use their tensions in their actual personal goal um, to raise tensions and, um, you know, potentially they might be working against each other. You have to have people... Um, and have part of that discussion in session zero, like, are we okay if we end up literally working at odds with each other, etc. Um, because you might be steering them at external forces that they're all working against separately, or you might be steering them at each other to see what happens when their stories clash together. And this is one of those interesting, going back to what we talked about last week, you know, you're deciding, do their stories kind of proceed um, and then occasionally meander across each other? Or are their stories kind of braided together in a bunch of knots, right? That are like inevitably stepping all over each other. Um, and it could be either way. Um, and then the event is your climax. Um, so once you hit the event, everything kind of goes wild. Hopefully all of this stuff is coming to a boil at the same time, right? That's kind of what we're aiming into. So as characters getting to that event... Um, you know, we've been building up whatever thing we want to do the whole time. We get to the big event um, and everybody kind of goes really hard for the thing that they want out of the event and their personal goal. Um, and just as a thing, so this is one of those don't hold back moments, go all the way. And then the other part of that is could take more than a session, right? Might be going for longer than that. Well, and, I, you know, we say that because, like, when you get to the climax, um, everybody typically becomes so emotionally charged and so many yeah. things start happening and people are making moves and things yeah. like that for their individual plot lines that sometimes it's, like, more than you can cram into a single session. It just is. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, in 
it'll it'll be interesting, right? Um, and it hopefully will be great because you've been slowly raising the pressure, slowly raising the temperature on all of these different plot lines um, as you've been going through um, till you get here. And this is hopefully the point at which everything hits a boil. That's what we want. We want it all to be under pressure. Yep. Um, and then don't forget to still leave yourself some time, if you can, for the denouement. Because now, once you get out of that pressure situation, we want to see the fallout. So like in my cartel game, we got to the pressure situation, a lot of people died. And then we needed to know what happened to the two who were trying to like cross the border into America. Um, you know, what happened to the crooked cop? And what happened, we, we needed to know what was going on with all of those people like in the fallout from that giant <laughs> mess in which we didn't even all end up being in the same scene together, but everything that happened affected everyone um, in really powerful ways as we all tried to move our stories forward. Um, so like what happened as everything came crashing down and everybody left and you know, who basically ended up being screwed <laughs> because it's cartel. I'm, yeah. I'm going to mention really quickly and I'm going to mention cartel because I played a mini campaign of cartel myself and, yeah. um, and I'm going to say this for the people who don't want to who don't want to backdrop their game with an event. Yeah. Um, the thing is, without the event, you're going to need to kind of know when an event has occurred that is going to lead to the climax. So, for instance, yeah. when I ran Cartel, I did not run it with an event in mind. I was just playing out storylines going on and on. And then the chemist got killed. Like we lost, like one of the characters got killed, the chemist got killed, and um, it the second right the second she died, it was the falling of a domino, and I was like, Mm -hmm. oh, we've reached the climax. Yeah, like I just like as a GM was like, oh, I see, we've reached the climax. I now need to prepare for like the next session is going to be the climax, and then within like one or two more sessions beyond that, this campaign is going to be done. And that's exactly yeah. what happened. So and that's exactly what happened with my cartel game too, is that um, an NPC was actually murdered. And like from that point, that was like everything boiled over because then there were police involved, people were dead, blah, blah, blah. It just exploded, yeah. right? So the point is, the reason we suggest using an event is because an event is a thing that you can keep on the horizon, Mm-hmm. Right. You don't you don't you can just say like, oh, it's coming up, it's coming up. And then you can like when you're ready, you can be like, oh, next session it's is going be to the be the play. We're yeah, doing is, the Scottish play and it's very cursed. <laughs> yeah. And and that will also help set pace. Right. So yes. otherwise, you got to kind of look for it and know when it happens. You can arbitrarily create it, which I think if you're trying to do a mini campaign is a little easier on your like for you. You can put an event out there that kind of draws everybody towards it yeah yeah okay yep. anyway go ahead yeah. and finish up oh you were just yeah. saying you were talking about denouement yeah no i um, think that was pretty much the end of what i was going to say about it but uh, you're absolutely right and i completely agree with you because um there are definitely times when there is a specific event and there's sometimes that there's not and if there's not a specific event you as the gm need to be able to identify the thing that just happened which means you have reached the boiling over point yeah, you'll pretty much know. Yeah, <laughs> it's pretty easy to identify because everybody's um, plans usually kick into high gear at that point. And if you're playing something like Cartel, the guns and the knives come out and yeah. 
you know, yeah. Cool. All right. <laughs> We're going to finish off this, um, this episode with two examples. Um, one story based, one character based of what a mini campaign might look like. These are highly simplified, but this should, um, this should give you a good idea. Yeah. Uh, I'll do the story based one. Um, I'm going to do probably the simplest one ever, which is uh, destroy the dragon before the prophecy comes true, right? Like, mm-hmm. um, that's our arc, right? We need to kill this, like, I don't know. We need to kill the um, clockwork dragon um, before the prophecy of all the gears aligning um, and its terrible, you know, um, death weapon breath comes true. And yep. it, like, destroys the kingdom or whatever. Yep. Okay. Uh, for this, my free tog pyramid is going to be six stories um, of various sizes. The first one is going to be the getting of the quest, right? Like, somewhere in that first story, uh, the characters will be recruited or find out about or whatever will be pulled into um, the arc. Um, in addition, they will find out that there is a special weapon or item that is needed to destroy the clockwork dragon. Um Story two will be to travel to find this this magic item. Story three, uh, clearly in the rising action phase, will be to get said magic item. Story four will be to get to the dragon's lair. Clearly there will be resistance mm-hmm. as um, the elements and other forces, <laughs> you know, befall the heroes as they try to get to the clockwork dragon's lair. The climax is obviously going to be the story around the Clockwork Dragon's Lair and ultimately to fight the dragon. And then coming down Freetog's Pyramid, um, going to have some denouement in mm-hmm. in my sixth story. Um, that could be six sessions or like we said, because they might not all fit, that could be nine sessions. Yeah. <laughs> okay. um, but that those are the six stories I plan to tell in order to get through my mini campaign of destroying the clockwork dragon. Yeah. Cool. cool. So it's, it is funny. We keep talking about cartel, I think probably because it's one that we both played. Yeah. Um, and um, so if we talk about character based and we use cartel as an example, for example, um, and we say maybe we've got nine sessions right, just for the purpose of outlining this. Um, For this example of cartel, even though our two personal examples of cartel didn't have a planned specific event, um, for this one, we're going to say, since this is intended as a mini campaign, there is an event that's coming Mm -hmm. up, right? There is an election day coming up in the city. Okay, so then if we've got um, like El Narco, El Narco would want to, for example, um, get leverage on all the candidates. El Narco wants to make sure that they can control whatever happens, um, no matter who wins, right? Yeah. They need that that blackmail material. Um, the cop might be protecting one of the candidates. Um, the assassin might be trying to kill one of the candidates. It might be the same candidate that the cop is protecting. You'd have to work that out in session zero, but it could be, could be interesting to figure that out. Um and then, um, who is that? Uh, uh, is that the Halcyon? El Halcyon. I don't remember yeah. who that is. That's the um, um, kind of street gang member. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Jake played that. Okay. Um, so they might want to help a candidate win so that they can get rid of El Narco, right? Like maybe yeah. there's a specific candidate who will drive El Narco out of town if they win, right? Which is a whole other thing because if El Narco is trying to get stuff on them, that might be the one that they don't want to win, et cetera, et cetera. And immediately the plot starts thickening, right? 
Um, so then you have sessions one to five where you get to make things just kind of happen and ratchet up the pressure. So this is El Narco going to a candidate and discovering that they won't work with him, that they're going to drive him out of town if they win, etc. Right. So like now El Narco's plot line shifts and then that shifts, you know, El Halcyon's plot line that he he's going to, you know, do something else to support this candidate or try and make sure that they win, etc., etc. Right. You got some time for all of that to build up. And then in, say, session six, um, then you have the election day. Election day arrives. That immediately is going to put a bunch of pressure on everybody because how are they going to try to force their agenda um, on election day? How are they going to try and make it happen? Right. This is the last day that the assassin can try to kill whoever they're going to try and kill before the election happens, um, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, right? So then you have sessions seven, eight, and nine, and it may take you sessions six, seven, and eight, or six and seven to get through election day, right? Like absolutely could be more than one session, depending on what all ends up happening. You might be down to playing hour by hour through that day because there's just so much going on. Um, when you finish the election day, then you have some time left for the denouement. Because especially with a game like Cartel, if your character's not dead, then we want to know what happened to them. Because they might be okay, they might be successful, they might really, really not be at all okay. <laughs> right? Exactly. Um, so we, we want to know where we're leaving those characters, and that's our denouement. Right? And what happens to the city based on who won the election? Or the fighting that occurred around the election, right? I mean, there's all sorts of directions that could go um, that we want to know about. So that's what you do with your denouement. Perfect. Cool. All right. Let's wrap this up. Um, here's the thing. When we are talking about mini campaigns, we are talking about a small number of uh, sessions. We have only so much we can fit into those small number of sessions. If you are doing story-based campaigns, um, knowing your velocity, right? How much story you can get through in a given session is going to be really important to how many stories make up your free tog pyramid. Um, plan accordingly. Um, it is okay to just have really simple little stories as part of free tog pyramid um, to just fit within a session. Or if it's going to be a little more complicated, then know that like you know a particular story is going to take a couple of sessions. Um, to go that kind of thing a little pacing is going to be um a little pacing and a little pace control is going to be your friend in that case um if you're doing character based um having that event right putting that thing on the horizon uh does a couple of things for you one it lets you trigger the climax of the game right as gm you can just be mm -hmm. like next session is election day yeah, right that here. triggers the climax it also in the character's heads from day one um puts into their heads where the climax of the story is. Everybody understands. If you're opening up a limited number of sessions and you talk about, yes, it's the, you know, it's the weeks leading up to election day. There's a big election in town that's going to determine, you know, how um, business is going to operate, you know, in this plaza after the elections. Boom. You already know where the climax is. I just told you. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. we've structured the game so that we know that before... Like we know where we are on the pyramid. We know election day is the, is climax. We know that we're building up to it, that kind of thing. It's going to help because it will help the players keep pace with their personal storylines. And so that they're taking their moves, building up towards election day. Yes. 
So yeah. um, have those events. And by all means, play mini campaigns. Mini campaigns are great. They're fantastic. Then you a can lot play of, lots of different games. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people will be like, oh, you know, I don't know if it's a lot of people, but the, that prevailing theory, like, oh, play a campaign. I played a campaign for four years. It's great. I've done it. Like, I've played multi-year campaign. It's fine. I also like mini campaigns a lot for just the reason you said. I like a lot of different games. Mini campaign gives me a chance to have a satisfying story, start, middle, finish, right? With a with a significant arc, more than a one shot, but also gives me a chance to complete something, like wrap it up nicely and then go on and play something else. Yes, and it's great. And the thing about mini campaigns is that then in the future if you ever need or want to revisit those characters or that mini campaign, you can, if you want to. You might be able to come up with another mini campaign for them. But yeah, it means you have the freedom to move on and play something else. Or, and mm. I'll just say this, you might get to the end of your mini campaign and everybody might be like, this is amazing. Can we do another arc? Yeah. Then your mini campaign is about to become a campaign. A campaign um, campaign. Which is yeah. fine, though, because you finished an arc. Yeah. So now you can just set up a new arc and, and you're off and running again. Yeah. And that can happen right after your mini campaign or it can happen a year after your mini campaign. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. It's good stuff. All right. Cool. That's our wrap up. Hope you enjoyed this. Um, our next recording, um, which I think will be next week um, as we are heading into my birthday weekend, but... I enjoy spending time with you and everyone who's listening. Um, <laughs> I like the pause there. <laughs> well, you got all smiley and I was like, wait, maybe the people who are listening think I meant them. And I do mean them. I do like spending time with them. I also like spending time with Senda. Um, so anyway, we realized that we have completed year six of this podcast yeah. and are about to jump into year seven. Yeah. And um, we're going to do an episode next week that is kind of um, our year seven. Um, yeah, our year a, seven, I don't know, look at the past back, year review. We, us, I we do usually do an anniversary episode once a year. Yeah, so um, we're, we're going to do so the anniversary do episode next week. Mm-hmm. Which I think means we're going to look back at past episodes from this past year, things we liked. Talk about that our kind favorites. Of thing. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about definitely um, how um, not recording in a cold basement <laughs> Yeah, it's made a really big difference. And and in daylight. In daylight. Yeah. Yeah. It's changed a bunch. Cool. Cool. Senda, before we hit the closing, uh, Mm -hmm. tell me about another show on the Misdirected Mark Network. Sure. On the Misdirected Mark podcast, Phil, Bob, and Jerry go live every Tuesday evening at 8 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. my time to break down and get inside games, game mastering, playing games, and game design in an effort to entertain and inform you. You might like one of those guys. I'm just saying. Some but, people do. You know, it's a familiar It's voice. probably Bob. <laughs> Aww. <laughs> Say, Senda, where do people find us on the internet? Well, you can find us on Twitter at Pandas Talk Games. You can find us in the Misdirected Mark forums, which is forums.misdirectedmark.com. You can find us um, on the Tiki Talkies if you if you wanna, um, or you can drop us an email, panda misdirectedmark.com. And Phil, once they find us in one of those places, what can they do with that information? Like Joe did in uh, in the Slack channel, hit us up with a question, a request, something you want to hear us talk about. 
ideally something that is either challenging for you as a GM or just something that's like that you would you would be happier as a GM for having some advice for. How do yeah. that's the way I want to say some it. Some thoughts, yeah. Our goal here on this show is to keep GMs GMing. Yeah. That's it. That's what we're here for. Um this hobby is based on games that require GMs and there are less of you than there are players. So we need all the GMs we can get, including myself. Um, and the way we do that is by helping you guys out. The uh, more enjoyable your GMing is, the more you're going to want to do it. The more games you're going to want to GM, the more games that get played. Simple yep. math here. Yep. Cool beans. All right. Um, if you like what we're doing here elsewhere on the Misdirected Mark Network, please consider supporting our Patreon campaign. Go to patreon.com slash MMP. Uh, patrons get all sorts of goodies, um, starting with um, the Bamboo Lounge, the Misdirected Mark After Show, and access to our awesome uh, Slack Room for Life. Um, these slackers are great people. Um, there is much chatter and talk in there. Um, everything from current events to food to role-playing games, all sorts of things like that. Um, it's all good. Um, it's a small community. Um, I love them a bunch. Um, so uh, come join us. And uh, you can also partake in our Friday um, Zoom luncheons. So if you're working from home or have a place in your office quiet enough to take a call, um, Come join us. You can, uh, if you're part of Slack Room, you come join us for lunches. It's great, fun times. Um, if you are already backing, um, supporting our Patreon campaign, thank you very much. If you are unable to support our Patreon campaign, we understand completely, no problem. Um, there is another thing you can do. It is super helpful for us. Um, it is probably, it is as helpful as the Patreon campaign is um, and doesn't cost you a thing. Send a, what is that thing? you caught me mid yawn um you can leave us a rating or review on apple podcasts or the podcatcher of your choice or you can just tell a friend like tell somebody like hey this is a cool show basically if you help us get the word out we really really appreciate it it actually does get us new listeners to the show especially when you make a personal recommendation so if you feel yourself so inclined um if you like the show please share it with someone else who might like the show and thank you so much to everybody who has left reviews. They make us feel warm and fuzzy on the inside, like this vest covered in hearts that I'm wearing today. Without a doubt. Mm-hmm. 100%. Yes. Cool. Say, Senda, what's the next mini campaign you want to play in? This show is a joint production of She's a Super Geek and Misdirected Mark Productions, the media arm of Encoded Designs. Clicky. That was a very, like, not super predictable 3-2-1 of me, so my apologies. I was, like, adjusting my mic while I counted. I made it in. Okay. Hello. Hello. I'm wireless. <sighs> you are wireless. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Happy birthday. Early. Thanks. I'm loving them. I can't believe that freaking... Anyway, I just wanted you to be able to track the package. I did not expect... I we'll talk about it. Until after I said Let's talk about it in the bamboo lounge. It'll make a good story. That's a good, that's a good call. Okay. okay All right. Good. You ready? I am ready. Bloop. 
Do, 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 do